the Laporte Ghoul, the Indiana Ogress, the Human Vampire, Hell's Princess, Hell's Bell, the Black Widow, and Lady Bluebeard. But before she had any of those names, she was just Brunhild Palsdatter Storset, better known as Belle Gunnis. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. Hey, we're back. I'm halfway here. <laughs> He's partly here. It's Old Timey Crimey with Christy and half a Scott. I'm half a Scott, and it isn't from weight loss. They have me on this strong antibiotic called clindamycin. Mm-hmm. Um... it's one of those deals where the cure is almost as bad as the disease. Isn't that fun? (laughs) I have no energy whatsoever. My muscles are so weak that anytime that I'm walking, it feels like I'm going through soup and Mm. not a nice soup, something like a gazpacho, (laughs) something that's kind of cold and not really soupy. And just all my joints ache. But the cellulitis is clearing up. So it's... There are no free rides in medicine. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how's your week been, bud? Well, I was going to say it's been um, pretty blah, but then we had a nice, fun, adrenaline-pumping adventure just a, a couple hours ago. Um, the ducks were out, and they've been been—they've always been gravitating towards the same place in the yard that we discovered has like a little earthworm nest, and they love earthworms. Um, but it's, it's, across, it's on the other side of the fence that's around our patio, so I can't see them when they're there. So I've been, um, I'll let them, you know, goof around for a little while and then I go and I get them and I herd them back into the yard because we like to be able to keep an eye on them when they're in the yard. And so I go up there (laughs) and I see that the girls are like around the earthworm nest, but English Bob has like wandered under a tree. He's like on the verge of like going into the neighbor's yard. And then he comes flying out of there, chasing after a freaking blue jay, (laughs) chases the damn thing almost all the way into the road. Oh he goes God. like up into the driveway and he's inches from being in the road and I'm running and I'm yelling, English Bob, no. Like he's like, he doesn't even know his damn name. He's a duck, Christy. He's a duck. But it's all I can think to do. And I'm running after him. And then I managed to like cut him off at the pass. And then Jackson was mowing the lawn at this time. So he, English Bob sees Jackson and he does what he always does. He runs to Jackson all happy like, mm-hmm. like he hadn't just almost given me a heart attack. And I'm like shaking I like oh it was it, I've never I, they, they've grazed like up close to the road but they've never gone into the road because they, they don't even like the driveway because they like it, it's unfamiliar territory so for him to go and chase that blue jay oh I've, I've never seen that before now I gotta worry you know I can't let them go up to that part of the yard and they just keep going up there like one day I, I like herded them back into the yard like six times <laughs> it was like can I just get some work done like may I make a suggestion mm-hmm. and a very odd suggestion Go to a sports shop, get yourself a couple boxes of earthworms, because mm-hmm. they usually sell them there, and create a new little earthworm patch in the yard. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. You know, give yeah. them no reason to go there. Why would they go there whenever they've got plenty right there? Yes. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. 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 Good thinking. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So nice modern solution to <laughs> modern duck problems. Yes. So a couple boxes of earthworms, just throw it. 
you know, show them that it's there. Mm -hmm. Hey, look at this. Hundreds and hundreds of earthworms. You know, and just, yeah, they'll have their own little nest. They won't have to go up there anymore. Excellent. I love it. Thank you. No problem. Solved my duck problem. There we go. Uh, we have somebody that solved a husband problem. Yes, we did. Nice. And a children problem. And another husband problem. And another husband problem. And another child. And then somebody else's children's problems. <laughs> yes. We call that an abortion in the 83rd trimester. Oh, God. <laughs> Belle was not a nice person. No, no, she was not. This is uh, this is Belle Gunnis that we're talking about this week. Um, very, very well known. She's a, she's a pretty, pretty big one in uh, in especially in, among American killers. Um, well, did she ever get citizenship? I wonder. Was she technically American? I don't know. It's never a, mentioned anything. She she definitely moved to America. Yes, you know yes. there's. That seems to, uh, you know what, if you move here and you move and find a place to your own, quite You're honestly. You're here for like 25 years. Yeah. Long enough to kill like, you know, like possibly 40 odd people. Yeah, I think you, you, sure, you qualify. You know, those 40 people, most of them had citizenship. So maybe it was like a Highlander thing where she yeah. gained their citizenship by cutting off their heads. Yeah. And we, uh, we didn't make an effort to find the crime photos, but we kind of came across them oh my just gosh. a few minutes oh, ago. Oh, nightmare fuel, guys. It's nightmare fuel. Oh, holy shit. It's... The bodies don't even look real. They No, it looks like made made up, like like something like made for Hollywood. Right, right. Like and not even like like modern Hollywood. Whenever whenever I saw the bodies, it looked like cheesy 1950s special effects. Mm -hmm. You know, where it was almost like that Boris Karloff is the mummy. Yeah. Type sort of deal. And it was, it wasn't so much that the photos were gory. It's knowing that these used to be living, breathing human beings mm -hmm. that really kind of went, oh shit, that's what happens to us. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it, it hits that primal fear of death that we have. It hits it right, hits <laughs> it right square and that's in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend looking them up. We're not going to post them on the Facebook. I mean, if you really want to not sleep, and possibly need to um, go visit your therapist. Mm -hmm. um, then go ahead and look them up. But I'm not. I'm not even going to link to them. Honestly, like it's just. I don't. It, it's. It's pretty. It's pretty horrifying. Oh, I will say this. I will say this. There's. It's one thing to to hear about them. It's another thing to see them in front of you. And the best piece of advice. It's from Cormac McCarthy, mm -hmm. a wonderful author. The Road. There's a line in the road that says, be careful what you put in your head, because once it's there, it's there forever. Mm -hmm. And now, unfortunately... This is in our heads forever. Yay. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's the occupational hazard of doing this kind of podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We, we know what we're getting into. We know what we're, what we're going to see. It's fine. So, um... We see it so you don't have to. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're taking that bullet for you guys. So, yeah, she was born, um, as we said in the intro, Brunhild Palsdatter Storset. I'm so glad we're back to the goofy names. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't insult the Norwegians. <laughs> if you can't insult Norwegians, who can you insult? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, she was born November 11th, uh, 1859 in Selbu, Norway. Uh, she was either a farmer or a stonemason's daughter. Sources vary on that. Youngest of either six or eight. Guess what? Sources vary on that, as always. I imagine, though, 1883, 
you're probably, no matter what you are, you're probably a farmer on top of yeah, that. Yeah, 1859. 1859. Yeah. I'm sorry, 1883 is whenever she moved to the U.S. That's my mistake. But, yeah, I imagine back in those days, you're a stonemason and a farmer. Yeah, yeah, no matter what, you have um, some, at the very least, you know, crops and, and cattle or whatever, livestock to keep your family going and, and help make it, you know, like, I mean, we have... We don't buy eggs the entire summer <laughs> and part of the spring and part of the fall because we have duck eggs, you know? Right. So so you're like a professor and a podcaster and a farmer. Yes, yes. There it is. Yeah, Jackson actually once they, uh, he was at Tractor Supply buying like duck food and stuff and they asked him if he right there the, the farmer's discount. <laughs> and he says, yes, I'll take it because any discount is a good discount. I think you actually you have to like register for something with the government to get it or something. Really? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's, I think it's part of like subsidies. I really have no idea. I have not researched this at all. I could be incredibly wrong. I don't know. You could just be getting the farmer's discount and you're missing out on all that money. Right. Right. All that it's... sweet, sweet duck food money. Yes. So yeah, they, they, she grew up pretty poor. Um, it was, it was not a, an affluent lifestyle by any means. She'd actually have to go out and collect firewood for the family to keep them warm because they were too poor to even buy firewood. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough. Um, and her family actually hired her out to a farmer around, uh, 14 years of age um, as a dairy maid. So, I mean, we, uh, we, we always see, you know, people starting off their lives with a, a job at a, a youngish age, mm -hmm. younger than, than we would uh, see too often these days. Um, but yeah, and he's, the, the farmer said she was very diligent. She was well behaved. Um, and then there's a story that started circulating around town and this is new. There was no evidence one way or the other that this was true, but around age 17, that she slept with some local landowner, so somebody a little wealthier, you know, a little higher on the, the class rungs, um, and got pregnant, and he beat her to make her miscarry because he didn't want to have to marry somebody so poor. But, like I said, like, but it did go around town, and, and ha whether it was true or not, having that story go around town really seemed to affect her. Yeah, supposedly the man had kicked her in the stomach, causing her to miscarry, and then the man... He was never prosecuted, but he dies mysteriously of stomach cancer. Oh, I didn't get that one. Oh, yeah, boy. later on he, he dies mysteriously of, and you didn't see the air quotes. <laughs> so you could hear them. Do you hear that? Stomach cancer. <laughs> Quick acting stomach cancer. Wow. Rat poison cancer. <laughs> So, yeah, you said 1883. I have 1881 she emigrated. Well, the records are kind of iffy on that, too. Yeah. I have 1881 with a question mark and 1883 <laughs> with a question mark. Apparently, her sister had moved to America first. Yeah, her sister and, Nellie. Yeah, and Belle, as she would come to be called, mm -hmm. goes, that's ah, a good idea, and works her fucking ass off, mm -hmm. saves up the money, goes to the United States, and once again, works her fucking ass off for mm. about three years in the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's working in sort of like a servant, you know, made the, the, the usual roles we see frequently with women. You know, if they're not sewing, they're cleaning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's basically how it's going. And if they're not cleaning, they're killing. Mm -hmm. So keep them women in the kitchen. <laughs> Sexist bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was in Chicago. And she actually changed her name to Bella Peterson. She wasn't Belle for a little while yet. Um, 
And this was, there was a really big Norwegian population in Chicago. Oh, there still, that time. there still is, oh, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. in Minnesota where I used to live. Mm-hmm. There oh, yeah. There's nothing but Norwegians everywhere. Yeah, it was really similar to, yeah. I mean, to, to their home landscape and, and climate and everything. It's sort of similar to how many you know, German people would emigrate to Pennsylvania yeah. because it's, you know, very similar to Germany um, we're, we're, in climate and, and in like locale and, and landscape and all that. Hip deep in Germans around here. Yes, we are Germans. Um, uh, Polish. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, Brownstown. It, it apparently was big. A big Polish settlement there because at one point in time they had banners hanging down with the names of original families, and it was like driving through the Polish phone book. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was. It always killed me. If you ever come to Johnstown. My advice for you, turn around and leave right away. <laughs> but if for some reason you're stuck here at the right time, hit up the Polish festival. Oh, yes, The absolutely. ethnic fest is yeah, what yeah. we call it here. Yeah. Um, go get yourself some pierogies, some halushki. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, it's fantastic. And yeah. just polka your cracker ass off well, there, there's all the, night there's long. There's the polka fest. Yes. And then there's ethnic fest. And there are different, like, polka fest is somewhere around May, and ethnic fest is around Labor Day. See, and, in the ethnic fest, I've seen polka bands play there. Oh, okay. Like, or, yeah, I guess there's some there's some polka bands, but I've seen a, a wide variety of, of bands. And then polka fest is just polka, um, and it actually has less of the, the original food you know yeah. um it, it's mainly like food stands I, I think i uh jackson had like a walking taco and i had what did i have that sounds like a oh, sex act i had i had a, a gyro um okay. but uh, also but it, sounds like a sex act <laughs> it does yes. gyro and the walking taco <laughs> you know he might not have had a walking taco i can't remember but um but yeah and then ethnic fest is when they have all the all the good foods and it's amazing and then they also have um they have some uh, beers that you can't get anywhere any time of the year. They sell it pretty quickly here. Like, they have, like, Croatian beer, <laughs> for God's sake. I, myself, I'm addicted to punchkis. Mm-hmm. Uh, punchkis are just fantastic, which is just a German jelly donut, mm-hmm. really. Polish jelly donut, what have you. You would think we could get Weird Al here for Polka Fest. You would think, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to write Weird Al There you tonight. go. So, yeah, among the Norwegians... Um, and by around like 1890 or so, there were 20,000 of them in Chicago. That's the third largest population of Norwegians in the world, behind only behind um, Oslo and Bergen. So <laughs> there you have it. I, this is kind of weird because this is roundabout, correct me if I'm wrong, this it's is roundabout round about about the time H.H. H. 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 Holmes. H.H. Holmes time, yes. Oh my God, if just... like. If Gunnis could have married Holmes, or Holmes could have married Gunnis, because that is something that obviously could have happened at this point. They probably would have, like, killed each other. Like, she would have, like, poisoned him, and he would have, that same night, he would have, like, put her in one of his gas chambers, and boom! Oh world's like, problems are saved. We need, well, that's what we need to start doing. We need mm-hmm. to start hooking up serial killers with each other. Won't need the death penalty. They'll take care of themselves. I think think that this has probably been tried and honestly later on later on in this it's kind of kind of what happens anyway really um but yeah h.h H. holmes and bell gunnis in God. the same city at the same time man watch out think of the children so um she married uh mads albert Sorensen in really you have albert yeah 
I have Mods Ditlev Sorensen. <laughs> Nothing is anywhere. It's all, I was getting so frustrated with this one because I was like different dates in every single source. And usually at least like a couple sources will agree with each other. But yeah, yeah, I've got uh, Mads Albert Sorensen. Yeah, um, Mads Ditlev Anton Sorensen is I'm pretty what sure I that I saw Ditlev in a couple places yeah. too. I was just starting to just be like, okay, I'll, I'll write down what the majority says or something. Um, and... Um, he worked as a, a night watchman at the time. Um, and, uh, but then uh, they decided to open up a, a store in, in 1894. A candy store. A candy store. And also sold some like groceries and stuff like that. Your usual kind of like a, you know, a sort of a um, convenience store in a way, I guess. Um, and, uh, and it was a disaster. It was not great. It was not a good financial uh, thing it was sp- well, supposedly in a good location. It should have done well. It's probably the fact that you have a serial killer running it. That she wasn't might be a, part of the problem. She probably wasn't a serial killer at the time. Yes. but it was had to be knocking around her brain. It was there. on its way. It yeah. was on its way. But now you're saying it wasn't a success. I beg to differ because well, when it mysteriously burned down, that success. was success. Yes. <laughs> Look at all this insurance money. I like how you said mysteriously burned down and you did the air quotes, and I, I have the quotes in my notes. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, only a year after it opened, um, she said that uh, a, a kerosene lamp was knocked over or exploded or something along those lines. There was an investigation. Nothing was found, no sign of a kerosene lamp, but they got the insurance money anyhow. So that was um, that was the first of many of Bell's uh, interactions with insurance companies. Yeah. She was She was a frequent flyer. With the insurance companies, um, they were they were one of her favorite uh, things. That was a hobby, you know. Some of us some of us collect stamps, some of us cross stitch. This is almost like you know how you have like Spider Man and then there's Spider Woman. Yeah. And Superman and Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. This is H H Holmes and Lady H H Holmes. Yes, yes, it very much what is. What it is? Yeah, she's his female counterpart. Absolutely. That's so nuts. Absolutely. The couple either had from from what I found. Either four children or no children whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we do have names for them: um, Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy. And from what I gather, um, Caroline was only five months old when she died of enterocolitis, and then Axel, at three months old, he died of hydrocephalus. So then the remaining ones were Myrtle and Lucy. They were, and there were, in 1900, the census records say she's a mother of four mm-hmm. with two at home, Myrtle and Lucy. So, and then they also have, um, she actually, she, she wanted to, earlier than that, she tried to adopt, adopt one of her sister's children because she oh, was obsessed yeah. and she was apparently having trouble getting pregnant. So she went to Nellie and she was like, can I adopt your youngest child? Nellie said no. And they had a blow up and they really didn't have much to do with each other for the rest of, uh. Well, I don't know the rest of Belle's life, but... Can I have one of your children? You know, and a toaster. Could I have maybe just the toaster? It's a totally normal Absolutely. request to, to ask for somebody's child. Um, Mine died. Come on. You've got so many. I've got none. And the acute colitis that, that Caroline and by some accounts Axel died of. Mm-hmm. Um, so colitis manifests itself with the following symptoms. Nausea, fever, diarrhea, lower abdominal pain. That matches Mm -hmm. a myriad of poisons, some of which that Belle was quite familiar with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the children were insured. 
Of course they were. And they got a hell of a payout. Um, and here, there's additional proof that these children did, in fact, exist. May 7th, 1908, there was a New York Times article stating that two children belonging to Mads and uh, Gunnis were interred in her plot at Forest Home Cemetery. Mm-hmm. So it does show that, uh, that yeah, she had, she had at least the two children buried with her, mm-hmm. which she didn't deserve that, quite honestly. Well, I mean, she wasn't. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, if you want a little uh, little, little justice, uh, the scammer actually got scammed at one point. <clears throat> in uh, 1897, they were approached by this company that was looking for adventurous prospectors. And there's a whole deal where you get money, you know, extra money for going, you know, kind of like hazard pay. And then the, the wife gets extra money for the inconvenience of having, you know, her spouse gone for a year to go out and like do mining stuff. And, uh, but you have to like pay some money up front, um, for equipment and, uh, yeah, they, they, well, okay. This is sort of justice, but sort of not. They lost, uh, at least uh, $700, which would be $21,000 in today's money. Um, but then they went to court over it and they won and they didn't have to pay the money, which is kind of like, I just want her to lose something and not be so shitty. Yeah. And really the only thing you could hurt her with would be money. Yeah, really, absolutely. Like, you, you take take one of our loved ones away, and she'd be like, well, you did the work for me. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You know? Yeah, the Should only... I give you, like, $10, or... <laughs> yeah, and it, it's kind of weird. Can you call this a serial killer? Because she's kind of... She's kind of doing it for profit. I'd say that still qualifies. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I Really, one of these days, I am going to actually look up the definitions of all the serial versus spree versus... Um, there's another type or two of, of, of killers... Um, but yeah, I still, I still, I think it qualifies. I do too. I do too. Honestly, I think that serial killer, it's kind of like art. I know it when I see it, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are even people out there who kill one or two, but the way in which they do it, for example, Hans Schmidt, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the way in which Hans Schmidt killed his one, maybe two victims, that's serial killer stuff. I mean, it is, but it still doesn't qualify. It's yeah. too, it's, the numbers are too low. Yeah. But it's... it's. Well, you just didn't try, Hans. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Hans. Get Jesus. to it. Um, so, yeah. Um, Making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, uh, July 30th, 1900, was a, was a special day for, for Belle. Very special day because uh, it was the... Um, oh, I should, we, I forgot their house also burned down in 1900. Um, so, so that same year. Mysteriously. Uh, a few months before this. Wink. <laughs> a few months uh, before this happened, their house. And of course they collected the insurance money because, you know, when you have a hobby, you do that mm-hmm. hobby. Practice makes perfect. Exactly. I collect transformers. I cross stitch. Yeah. And I hire prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at all these things. <laughs> Everybody's got to have a hobby. Exactly. you got to have something to do with your downtime. Exactly. So, um, yeah, July 30th, 1900 is the day that uh, Sorensen's, uh, so, you know, Bell's husband, his two insurance policies overlap because yep. one was expiring and the other one was starting up. One for 2000 the first one, and then the second one for, for 3000 So on that same day, that one day, that one day, 
You know, it was just, it would, it was, if for, for Bell, it would be a great thing if he could die that day. And what do you know? What do you know? Did he die? He did, in fact, die, yes. What are the chances? I know. It's... I would say close to 100%. <laughs> yes. He came home, as her story goes, he came home with a headache. She gave him some quinine powder, quinine powder. I don't know how it's pronounced. I I was always told quinine because my mother quinine. took quinine. Okay. okay, all right. Quinine sulfate. She used it for her Charlie horses. Oh, okay, all right. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does have some medical uses. I did actually do a little research into quinine. Uh, it's used for malaria and babesiosis, bab- babesiosis. <laughs> Which is another malaria-like disease. Well, I just pictured it was something, you know, that Desi Arnaz just had. <laughs> Babaluosis. Lucy, yes. no, I don't feel good. You really love those I Love Lucy jokes. I do. I um, do. I love Lucy's great. She, yeah, Lucy Ball's hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lucy Ball was hot. It's one of my favorite shows as a child. Oh, God. I had the thing for curly red hair. Just, mm. <laughs> Mm. So it's Sorry. also used for lupus and arthritis. It's no longer recommended. I'm going to say <laughs> that again. I fucking dropped my notes <laughs> because I have no muscle control <laughs> whatsoever. Those antibiotics, man. Yeah. Something. I'm not even editing this out. <laughs> I, am just, I am a Captain Butter Muscles today. <laughs> I'll just repeat that. Um, it's used uh, also for lupus and arthritis. It's no longer recommended as a first-line treatment for malaria and probably many of the other things because it's got a lot of different... It's also used in tonic water. It's the flavoring uh, that, like, it gives the tonic water that sort of bitter flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a lot of bad side effects. Um, unpredictable and life-threatening blood and cardiovascular reactions. Um... Uh, a group of symptoms called synchronism. This is a fun for pronunciation for me. Um, Can't be any worse than some of the names we're going to be saying today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, headache, nausea, tinnitus, vertigo, um, and then uh, the most severe synchronism. If we have any medical professionals listening there, probably won't want to like smack their phone right now, or me. Uh, vomiting, diarrhea, disturbance in heart rhythm, which... He was being treated for an enlarged heart. Mm. Yeah. Some people just love too much. Yes, yes. And Mads was one of those people, apparently. So, yeah, there was no autopsy. She just, uh, like, the, the doctor was like, hey, the, where's the paper that you, you gave him the, the quinine powder with? And she's like, oh, it's in the trash. And the doctor was like, oh, okay. Well, the first doctor, that's what the second doctor said. The first doctor actually looked at him and went, this is strychnine poisoning. Mm. And everybody went, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're that one one out of four dentists that suggests that people don't brush their teeth. Yeah. You're crazy. Get out of here with that strict nut. What do you say, Doc Johnson, sex toy maker? And Doc Johnson goes, I think you got a dildo in the butt. But, you know, enlarged heart, I guess. We're going with Doc Johnson. Yes, they went with uh, with Doc Johnson. And so the two policies were for a total of $5,000. Which is a hundred and fifty thousand in twenty nineteen dollars. I was all over that currency converter. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I actually tweeted about it. Actually, I got two different amounts. Okay. I got this was com- one of the few things that I saw that was standard in all my sources. Yeah. Damn I, it! I got a uh, I got a collection of a combined total of eighty five hundred dollars. Oh okay. 
that totaled $254,096 in modern day money. Well, anyway, swing it. She had a lot of money now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Sorensen's family, they were pretty pissed. And, and they were, they had their suspicions. And, and, and they tried to raise some, you know, raise their suspicions with the authorities. But no charges were ever brought. And Belle just flits off to Laporte, Indiana. Which is an interesting place, to say the least. Yeah, you were saying. So, yeah. So, Laporte, Indiana is... Apparently, this tiny little town, apparently it's very beautiful. I, I've heard that like the property she bought is just incredible, and that it's very scenic, supposedly haunted as all fuck, where if, if there's a, going to be any place on this earth that's haunted as all fuck after the pictures I saw here about a yeah, half an oh hour ago. Oh my god, yeah. So let's talk about the people who hail from LaPorte, Indiana. Let's hear it. Zerna Sharp. Writer of the Dick and Jane books that oh, children learn how to read. Okay. There is a uh, there is Brewster Martin Higley, who wrote the song Home on the Range. Oh my gosh. We have Fred C. Menon, creator of Jiffy Pop. Huh. He also created a gonorrhea test that you had to like wipe a turd on a piece of paper oh, to do that. So writing. That's, those are two very, very different things. Yes. That, that, that man was, uh, was uh, his talents ranged far and wide. Yes. We have F.T. Wrench, who invented a collapsible sanitary toothbrush. What is in the water there? Yeah, serious. Oh, it gets, it gets much better. Uh, Dr. S.B. Collins, who uh, created Collins' Painless Cure for Opium Eaters. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go to the store and snap me up some of those. Yep. Antipas J. Bowel. Antipas. Antipas and Bowel. Uh, yeah, I just breezed right past that, apparently. Who invented... <laughs> the look on Scott's face, guys. You should see it. A dog-powered butter turner. <laughs> oh, my God. No. No. You're... I'm not, ki- I'm not no, kidding. Antipas J. Bowel invented a dog-powered butter turner. Which... <laughs> I don't even what like how many dogs does it how? do you hook up to this thing to churn butter? Is it like <laughs> does it matter on the breed? Like does five chihuahuas make the same amount of butter as a mastiff? I don't know. That Wh- is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I and love it. <laughs> dog powered butter turner. I need. I I tried to find a picture of the dog powered butter turner. I couldn't. Damn it. And. Perhaps the most famous resident of Laporte, Dr. Scholes. Huh. That Dr. Scholes. That Dr. Scholes. Yes. Yes. So I don't know what it is about Laporte. There's a lot of inventions going on there. That's yeah. very strange. Yeah. And it was just, it was odd to see that many people. Yeah. And Laporte is not that big of a town. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of Laporte before this. Same. Yeah. South Bend. Yeah, South Bend's kind of the big town mm-hmm. close to Laporte, but yeah, just for like, like Jiffy Pop and Doctor Scholes, and some sort of weird shit-based gonorrhea test <laughs> and dog-powered butter churners. Dog-powered butter churners. There's some that's, lost technology. Where's that's Georgia? my punk band name? <laughs> dog-powered there, butter churners. There it is. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog-powered butter churners. One, two, three, four. <laughs> arf, 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 arf. <laughs> And I just, I just picture like Giorgio Sokolis 
from ancient aliens. Oh, <laughs> just like like digging up like ancient Egyptian dog powered butter churners and goes, could it be aliens? Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it was aliens, but it, but it was, was aliens. aliens. Oh man, that is some wild shit. Yeah. So there is there's the kind of shit that comes out of Laporte, Indiana. Yeah, that and um, you know, uh somebody who decides that they need to kill a bunch of people. See now I'm kinda curious, do these inventions are they post Gunnis or are they pre Gunnis? Yeah, we'll need to look that up. Because we won't right now, but we'll look it up yeah. later. Because maybe maybe the whole horror of like Gunnis sent people to their garages and going, I gotta do something to take my mind off of it. I got an idea. Go get go get Fido and Rover. We're gonna make <laughs> butter. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just go get the damn dogs. I'll uh I'll uh, I'll put the, the dates of everything up on the, the Facebook and the Twitter page. Fantastic. So yeah. So yeah, she she goes to Laporte, uh, home of some wild and crazy adventures. She buys the farm there. Um, it actually has a, quite the history, this house. Um, it was a 13-room farmhouse, and at one point was home to uh, an entire gang of criminals. You know, just, you know that, you know that one house where, like, in high school, like, all the, the like, this may be just exclusive to me in my experience, but I don't think it is. It was the punk house, you know? Like, you had, like, one of the punk bands that, you know, like, all the, the, the guys in the punk band lived there, and then everybody was in and out, and there mm -hmm. were people from other bands and everything, and fans and all that. This was that, but criminals, <laughs> essentially. They were like, hey, I need a place to stay. Why don't we pull our resources and be roommates? <laughs> I'm sure that there was never a problem with, like, somebody eating somebody else's food and then, you know, like, you know, roommate disputes. I'm sure roommate disputes were solved very, very you know, you would have a house meeting, naturally, mm -hmm. and there were no guns involved at all. Absolutely. No mm -hmm. ice picks. No no stabbing. Oh, no, tons of stabbings. <laughs> tons of stabbings. I guarantee it. But then after the whole house for criminals... It was also a very popular brothel. Yes! <laughs> and this gives me hope because I want to be a brothel owner. I think being a brothel owner would be fantastic. It would be something... There are certain things I do with my life just to say that I've done them. <laughs> For example, I was a priest at a wedding. I've done that. I can say I've done that. And people look at me and go, what? No, here's the video. Shit, he's right. <laughs> And it's just this neat little thing. I can now say I lived in a mansion at one point, still mm -hmm. living in the mansion. I want to be able to say at some point, yeah, I ran a brothel. Ran a brothel. And this is a 13-room residence. They're running a brothel off. I've got 19 rooms. I can do this. You could totally do that, yeah. Absolutely. Just pick the house up and move it to Nevada. Because <laughs> it's kind of a legal year. I, I think Johnstown has bigger problems. That's true. That's true. We used to have a brothel up on the up on the hill. Oh yeah, um, very close to where I live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was. I uh, can't remember the name, but I, got, I would get stories from the old man at the bar. Rosies. When I it. Rosies. Rosies. That's right. Yes. And not was, that I know. <laughs> Actually, it's before my time. There was a, a secret password and everything, and uh, the stories I heard, uh, the mayor knew the secret password. Oh so, yeah. Not the current mayor, but whoever was mayor then, obviously. The secret password is dog-powered butter churn. <laughs> yes. Imagine the coincidence. <laughs> So, so yeah, it was a big uh, farmhouse, 13 rooms, sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, and she, she changed her name to Belle. Um, after this, she would only use Bella if she was signing something. And we have um, a quote from a neighbor. She, she was not necessarily well-liked. Yeah, you're picturing, like, 
this this wonderful gorgeous especially with a name like bell like you might even be picturing somebody like who looks kind of similar to either like the cartoon bell or emma watson (laughs) see whenever i was first reading this and like going through like my my preliminary stuff I'm thinking, oh, this is like a Scarlett Johansson. She's using her feminine wiles to get the ladies and and the men and just all sorts of stuff and then killing them. And, oh, she's sexy. No, this woman looks like five pounds of mashed potatoes (laughs) in a three-pound bag with a smaller potato on top for a head. And uh, her neighbor would agree with you. Uh, So the quote is, uh, (laughs) this is going to be uh, fun. Um, this, this, this man's powers of description were unequaled people. Um, she was a fat, heavily featured woman with a big head covered with a mop of mud colored hair, small eyes, huge hands and arms, and a gross body supported by feet that were grotesquely small. That's fantastic. (laughs) I was like, wow, Jesus, this man did not let up. I would not want to be on his bad side. Yeah. I got Jeez. good news for everybody. It'll be on the Facebook page. I just lucked across the the image of the dog-powered butter churn. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And it's yes. everything you thought it was going to be and more. Oh, I cannot wait. Yes, yes. Maybe that'll be the episode art. <laughs> Nobody needs to see Mel Gunnis. They can see the dog-powered butter churner. That's what I would come for. <laughs> yeah. Dog-powered butter churners. And then in lowercase letters underneath of it. And serial killers yes. <laughs> in American history. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, Belle with her uh, gross body supported by feet grotesquely small uh, found her next husband. Uh, so, you know, she, um, Peter Gunnis, this is where she got her, her last name that would become famous. Um, he was another widower. Uh and uh, he, she actually knew him from before. He had uh, rented a room from her and Mads when they were living in Chicago. So it's not, you know, excuse me, not a brand new acquaintance or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they married in 1902. And uh, he had two. Oh, what day in, in 1902, though? Oh, wait, I don't April, April 1st. 1st. Yes. April Fool's. Oh my gosh! I wonder if April Fools was a big. When? How long has April Fools been around? Oh, the question combined. No, since the pagan days. Oh, okay, all right. All yeah, right. because uh, April first was the pagan New Year's, mm-hmm. so all the Christians are celebrating New Year's, and they're uh... going look at those idiots over there. <laughs> oh my! Celebrating God. New Year's at the wrong time of the year because we're culturally insensitive. Burn them. So there's really, I'd have to go really far back in time to get away from a society in which we have April Fool's Day. Yeah, it has. I hate April Fool's Day. It is the worst day to peruse the internet. One day, three separate people got me. It was from the second I woke up until after midnight. And I don't think you should be allowed to pull an April Fool's Day prank on someone after midnight. I had Jackson changing the clocks to make me think that, um... It was like two hours later than I, I thought it was when I woke up. And I was like, I have so many things to do. Well, why didn't you wake me up? Why did you let me sleep so long? Oh, you look so peaceful. <laughs> yes. And then uh, I had a friend. I'm not going to name her, but she was supposed to be here with us today who was dating somebody at the time. And they had this whole thing. We were bowling and, and then out at the bar and they had this whole thing that she had pulled a prank on him, that she was pregnant and he was going to break up with her. And they were sending texts back and forth. They had like planned this. They were like doing this in real time, completely God. fooling me. And That sounds like Amber. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it was, 
but it was. <laughs> you should bleep that out just for fun. <laughs> no, don't. Um, let her live with the shame. Um, so, and then he shows up at the bar after the bowling, and they just, you know, like they're 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 fine. And I'm just like, oh, you bastards. And then I go up to the bar with him to get a drink, and he tells me, well, you know what? She might actually break up with me because I, I I went to the <laughs> went to the clinic today, and I'm like, oh god. He's like, yeah, I have. I think he said, I think he said gonorrhea. Um, and I was like, well, oh. they wiped the dog turd on a piece of paper. And... <laughs> yes, that famous test was used yeah. in this particular yeah. prank. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, Jesus, are you kidding me? He's like, Christ, you're gullible. Jesus, <laughs> oh, man. So I try not to leave my house on April Fool's Day. I have gone to great measures because people just love to mess with me and I believe it. The photographer that I work for, that I do the frog wrangling, it's a whole thing. I'll get into it another time. He once told me one of the frogs had died on April Fool's Day. That's just cruel. <laughs> that was so mean. Anyhow, so yeah, they got married on April Fool's Day. Sorry for that digression, but I just had to explain how incredibly gullible I am and how I hate April Fool's Day so much. And I bet that if Peter Gunnis knew what was coming, he would have hated it too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 1902, April, stupid Fool's Days. And, um, he had two daughters, uh, one was seven months old and, uh, about a week after the wedding, she was, uh, under Gunnis's care. So alone, alone with Belle and, uh, what do you know? Dies of, uh, edema of the lungs. April fools. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Not, not a great start to any marriage, Belle. Mm. Come on. I wonder if the baby was insured. Oh gee. I wonder. Yeah. Hmm, <laughs> what a question. Yeah. That seems like one we don't ha even have to uh We, we don't even have to ask. Yeah, yeah. I definitely was. So then, um, yeah, Peter's having a rough year, man. He's having a really rough year. Just lots of bad luck. Uh, about eight months later, uh, the story goes, uh, Belle's story, that uh, she had put his shoes next to the stove to warm up. And he goes to pick up his shoes when he bends over a sausage grinder from the very top shelf what do you know? Gravity just kind of like, it just kind of had a little fluke moment where there was no such thing as gravity anymore and the sausage grinder fell right down on his head. Can you believe it? What are the odds? That is so strange. But here's the thing. That's not the story. That's not the story that Belle came up with at first. At first she goes, Oh, yeah, Peter died while reaching for his slippers, and he scalded himself with brine. Yeah, brine. And they looked at the body and went, no, he didn't. His <laughs> head has been cleft in twain. Yes. Uh, oh, well, that's from the sausage grinder hitting him <laughs> on the head. He was uh, he was reaching for it after he got scalded and just and just hit him in the head and crack it and just, and it's, Oh dear, and then she starts crying, and everybody goes, "Oh, poor, poor, poor giant Belle." It's... There's, there's also a really weird thing um, with Jenny, and I don't think we've mentioned Jenny Olson too much, or if at all. No, no. But she was their adopted child, or, or well, Belle's adopted child. Um, she and uh, Mads had adopted her from uh, a neighbor family. The mother died, um, and the father couldn't really handle having a kid. She was an infant, so they adopted Jenny. And then later, actually, the father would go on to, when he when he remarried, he went on to contest the adoption and try to get custody again, and they denied him and gave it to, to Belle. I yeah. bet that, that judge had some sleepless nights later on. And Jenny Olson, at the age of 14, is overheard confessing to a classmate that my mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. Well, here's one little weird thing. It's just a, a strange incident, is the fact that um, it was the, the way that... the 
this whole incident was discovered was Jenny in the middle of the night came running to a neighbor's house and she had a fire poker in her hand. That's weird. Yeah. Isn't it? That's a little weird, especially considering there were burns. So there's something weird there. Like, why do you run? Well, she, she goes to them and she's like, oh, you know, something happened with, with, with Peter, my dad. I don't know what she called him. Yeah, it was just very, that was a strange little detail that it kind of like raised my eyebrows. I don't know about this. So yeah, there was, um, there was, there was suspicion. Nobody was just passing this off, you know, in some of the articles, it almost seems like everybody was just like, oh, well that happened. But when you go in deeper, there was a coroner's inquest. There was, you know, testimony and everything from Belle and Jenny and doctors and all that. Belle and Jenny's stories were really similar, which is funny because Jenny had said earlier that she was sleeping for most of the incident. So, you know, how do you, I don't know. I, I yeah. guess you just it came to her in a dream or maybe Belle told her what to say. Yeah, 1906. Belle tells the neighbors that this uh, pesky Jenny has gone off to a Lutheran college in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Jenny's body, of course, would be later found on the property. Yes, yes. There was no... I mean, there probably was a Lutheran college in Los Angeles, but she was not at it. Yeah. So the death was ruled, um, Peter's death, uh, as uh, accidental, even with all this stuff. And uh, so Peter's brother, Gust, comes along. I love that name. Isn't it great? Yeah. Yeah, I got to think it's short for Augustus. Yeah, probably, I would think. And it's just... It's it's a great... It's a great diminutive. Um, Yeah, he came and he was like... There, there was one child there. He just basically like left with her in the dead of the night. Yeah, he was like, no, no I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, he takes he takes uh, Peter's older daughter Swanhilda to Wisconsin. She is the only child to survive mm-hmm. out of all the children adopted and married and, in and married and, yeah. in everything. She is the only one to survive. Mm-hmm. Belle and oh, that's the that's the one that angers me. Whenever you start to Whenever you start to like like kill children, oh that's, yeah, that's that's the one, because like okay, Peter, yeah, that's a bitch, that's a real bitch, and a lot of these people probably didn't have a chance to defend themselves, mm-hmm. but a child has has like, no chance, no chance. You have a snowball's chance, and then you have no chance, mm-hmm. and it is it is literally, and she feels less remorse for killing these children. Than she does stepping on an ant whenever yeah. she's walking. Yeah. It's it's just honestly, she probably would probably yeah. I'm saying she probably would have more remorse for killing an ant mm-hmm. than than these children because at least the ant was just there. The children she sees them as an impediment and a and a check. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's absolutely it's it's cold. It's, yeah, it's it's absolutely ice cold. So yeah. Um, there, you know, was a hearing, uh, and yeah, she, she basically just, uh, got past it and got that sweet, sweet life insurance money again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have 3,000. I have 3,000, but another one said 4,000. Of course it did. Yeah. This is probably the most, uh, differing numbers, especially that I've it's, seen in any, any case we've done so far. It's weird. It's, it's very accurate in some respects. Mm-hmm. But whenever it comes to the numbers of, like, how much money did she get, then it starts to get a little iffy here and there. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking about this myself, because everything I find, I find, like, different numbers for. Mm -hmm. And I started to think, 
you know what? Belle's telling all these differing stories to everyone. I'm sure that she would, like, the first time she would go, well, how much was the insurance payout? And, like, somebody was close by, and she would go, oh, it was 4000 And then she goes and spends a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. and But she doesn't want people to know that she's spending it. Oh, no, 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 you misheard me. It was only 3000 Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, yeah, I really think that's what's causing these numbers to go all over the place. It isn't, it isn't historical. It's, you know, hearsay. I heard this. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard this. And in a small town like Laporte, I grew up in a small town, um, and you know everything's reported in the newspaper. It was it was hilarious the way stuff was reported in the newspaper, for, you know, like bigger like the New York Times, uh, earthquake rocks Russia, and and then you know in like the Myersdale Tribune, you know the New Republic from Myersdale, the Jenkins canceled their Moscow vacation. <laughs> you know, it's... we had a whole thing in my town. Um, two politicians, uh, like local politicians, mm-hmm. were having a, a, a long-term dispute over um, collecting the sap from maple trees up on the state hospital grounds. Uh, it was called Bucket Gate. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and that was, and it was in the paper. It was absurd. So yeah, three thousand, four thousand. If it's three thousand, then it's about eighty-nine thousand dollars in today's money. So you have a general idea of how much. Yeah. It is. she's she's raking it in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, um, Jenny left uh, in 1906 and, or, uh, quote, left. left. Yeah, those quotes, yeah. God, there's a lot of invisible air quotes here. And the stories would vary because she would do, do either the, the Lutheran college or she would say that she was at a finishing school. So, it, you know, it was, it, she's not a reliable source, obviously. Um, so, yeah, then she starts with the ads. We've got... Uh, Parallels to uh, Landru here. Yeah. yeah. Um, these uh, it starts with farmhand, farmhand ads, um, where she's she's trying to get somebody to work on the farm, and then they show up and they work, and oh, they're, they're gone. And sometimes she's seen wearing their clothes afterwards, like wearing their coats. Oh my God, could she, you be any more obvious? She did dress in a very managed style. From yeah, that's everything true. That I've, that's true. I've heard. Um, the the personal ads are hilarious, though. I love the personal ads. In 1907, she takes out a personal ad in, in like, Chicago newspapers, other large Midwestern cities, mm-hmm. in the effort to get more men to her. Yes. And the personal ad is as follows. Comely widow who owns a large... That's what I imagine she sounds like. <laughs> Come over here and fuck me, daddy. That's... Let, let me say it in, like, a, 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 a nice voice. So no. I know she's a killer, but it sounds so weird to have you she, like making your voice even deeper. She's not just a killer. You're telling me you're going to look at this woman. This woman who is shaped like a chocolate lava cake. Yeah, but to get the full effect of the ad when you're not looking at her. That's true. You have to have it like presented in, at least in some sort of like not not like this. <laughs> so let me let me add it. I know you okay. want to do the last line. Fair enough. I'll let you do the last line. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. So personal comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided, with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Travelers need not apply. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Come over here and touch me. Touch me in my naughty place. Oh, God. And it worked. It was really she was raking them in. The the, the mailman was like, "Yeah, I'm eight to ten letters a day. I'm I'm delivering. It's crazy." So yeah, um, 
her little her little ploy was working and she just started pulling him in um here was one what are you what do you what is that smile for i'm just thinking of like like these guys they don't have any idea of what they're like they don't have a photo of Belle. Oh no, no, this wasn't Tinder. <laughs> yeah, and just imagining like your voice in that inflection, <laughs> and then they open the door and there's Belle waiting for them. And where's your daughter, man? <laughs> yeah, there was there was one guy who was like, he took a look at her and he was like, no. But strangely enough, a lot of people, a lot of these men didn't uh, well, have that reaction. They were they were all in. Here's the thing. Here's the thing too. It's not just the woman that they're after. They're after this property. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Once again, a woman is seen as property at this time. Mm -hmm. And if I marry her, I get all this. Exactly, yeah. And look, there's a convenient brothel in South Bend, (laughs) just moments away. And I've got a nice hog farm here, Mm -hmm. like so I can uh, have some some nice bacon in the mornings. It's not going to work out well for you there, buddy. I hate to break it to you. So, um... Here's uh, one guy, a 50-year-old, this was funny because it was, I saw three different names in three different places, either Mo, Moo, or Doe. Yes. So yes, his name would be John Doe, if that's the case. I don't believe this. Maybe that's where that that whole name thing came from. I'm going to go with John Mo. Uh, me too. I just Because yeah. I picture Mo Howard from the Three Stooges. Okay. I was Well, I was just figuring I didn't want to do Moo because if it's not his name, it's weird and disrespectful to the dead, and Doe sounds like we're talking about, you know... Somebody a, who we don't know who it exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. So. He, he comes all the way from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Did you look up the distance? No, I didn't. That is 644 miles. Yeah. I was shocked by how far some of these people travel. Yeah. I was even I was looking up, like, trying to find, like, train times. I, I could It was it was too confusing and everything. But if one a train leaves Elbow found, Lake, Minnesota at 5 a.m. Exactly. It, it was becoming a math problem. <laughs> at what point does the meat cleaver go in the sky? <laughs> yeah. There was one... Um, this is kind of funny. There was one from like 1900 or thereabouts, uh, a train schedule, and it had on the very first page, it had uh, doctor's numbers for each stop, the doctor's phone numbers for their home and their office. But it was so weird because it was like, you know, phone numbers were, were like, you know, uh, you call somebody and you're in New York and it's like, Cincinnati, 5542. Chesapeake, 525. This was like 1332 with one doctor's number. One and a half was one doctor's Where's number. Where's the half button? Red 35. <laughs> hut hut. <laughs> Red thirty five, all clear. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was <laughs> going in deep. I'm in the trench run. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird looking at that. I was like, that's that's nuts. Like, I don't even know how this worked. So, um, like you call up the the switchboard later, you're like Red thirty five, and she's like. I don't have a red. <laughs> I don't have a half. What are you talking about? What's wrong with you people? I'm colorblind. <laughs> they should never have hired me for this. I'm highly disqualified. Um, so, yeah, he brought $1,000 uh, in cash to help with the mortgage. That's Convenient. about 28000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, one week. One week, and then he just disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't think he just disappeared. I think we have a very good idea of what happened. Oh, we absolutely do. Yeah, but in in the time, it seemed like he had just showed up and then he vanished after helping with the mortgage. This isn't David Samaritan, you know? This isn't David Politi's doing this podcast. (laughs) We we may not know where the body is, but we know what happened. Yeah. Then you have George Anderson of Tarkio, Missouri. Uh, George, I love George Anderson. I love George. He's fantastic. George is great. Yeah, that's 548 miles that he traveled to see a woman that he'd never seen. And when he came, he said that she wasn't 
uh, as comely as the ad said she was. Um, the and... woman looks like a sentient pile of dog filth. <laughs> he's off talking to the neighbor and he's like, this lady. And the neighbor's like, hair the color of mud, grotesque feet. Oh, you know, so, um, so he actually did stay for a little while. He didn't like the way she acted. Um, she, she had kind of like bad manners, I guess. But she did actually also made him feel nice and at home. Mm-hmm. She gave him some good dinner and everything. He stayed in a guest room. And uh, he almost, he was almost, he was on the verge of being like, changing his mind and being mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe I might do this. This might be okay. She makes some good food. He's in that beautiful twilight thing. Yeah. Where you're, it's that part where you're sitting there pretending to be asleep because everybody has to pretend to be asleep to actually get asleep. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there and you're thinking about like your hopes and your dreams and stuff. Oh, I'd like yeah. to have this and Just I want this to happen to me. Dozing nicely, and he, counting sheep. And he opens his eyes and there's Belle standing over him. Uh, with just this sinister gaze on her face. And he goes, what? And she just goes, and, and runs out of the room. And Anderson goes, fuck this, and runs from the house. Takes the first train to Missouri. <laughs> like... guess, guess what? That little voice in your head we we have we have this problem in society where I don't want to make this person feel awkward. Yes, 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 yes. He didn't have that voice. Nope, nope. He was, he was, he was, mm-hmm. yeah. Anderson. <laughs> he yeah, I was don't, like, nope, fuck I, this, I'm out. I don't know how he left. I like to think he just jumped out of the window without even <laughs> yeah. opening it. Just shatters through the window and runs off barefoot into the night, leaving all of his possessions behind. He's the only suitor to survive. He's the, uh, he's the octopus nope gif. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like crawling across the ocean floor, like at top speed. Nope. Yeah, he yeah. noped right out of there. Um, uh, yeah, and more and more men just would come. They would bring cash, and then they would just disappear. Uh, it's so mysterious. And she's acting kind of weird. Um, she's keeping the windows shut and the blinds drawn all the time. She's doing an awful lot of shoveling in her hog pen. I mean, a hog pen doesn't need that much shoveling. She's, she's also having a lot of trunks delivered. Yeah, yeah, very all these trunks the delivery man was just like well she'll just take the trunk she'll toss them onto her shoulders with no help and just carry them into the house the driver's name was Clyde Sturgis ah yes and he delivered many of these so many trunks if you're delivering enough trunks that you have to remark upon it you're delivering a lot of trunks this is a lot of trunks Mrs. Gunnis put the knife down (laughs) he said no I do not want any he was afraid of Gunnis Mm -hmm. And he said that she was strong enough that she flung these wooden trunks mm-hmm. around like they were bags of marshmallows. <laughs> she was, uh, she was very physically capable. Um, and then we have uh, Old B. Budsberg. <laughs> oh, Old B. Budsberg. Old B. Budsberg. I don't know if it's old. I think it might be Oli. Oli. Okay. All right. We'll call him because, Oli because uh, it is weird saying Ol. Well, I think it's like that whole Nordic thing. Yeah. So yeah. I've heard the name Oli before. Yeah. So I think it's Oli B. Budsberg. So yeah, he... Beautiful uh, Chuck Berry song. <laughs> he uh, had mortgaged his land and gotten uh, several thousand dollars, uh, left behind his sons, Oscar and Matthew. And uh, last he was seen was Laporte Savings Bank on April 6th, 1907. Never, never heard from again. What do you know? And uh, yeah, his sons, they didn't even like know. So they, they wrote to Belle and she was like, eh, I've never seen him. No, what do he, you know? He never showed up, but she sure did at the bank. Yeah. Yeah, she did. 
Yep. She was probably, she was a frequent flyer at the bank for sure. I wonder if any of the people at the, she had, I think she had several bank accounts. She had them spread around. So that's how she managed to avoid suspicion there. Um, So yeah, then her and uh, Andrew Helgelin, he was uh, from South Dakota. They started exchanging letters in December, 1907. So letters back and forth. And uh, I have the, I have the letter that pretty much seemed to convince him. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. To the dearest friend in the world. No woman in the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It does not take one long to tell when to like a person, and you I like better than anyone in the world, I know. Cough is money. Um, think how we will enjoy each other's company. Cough from the grave. Uh, you, the sweetest man in the whole world, we will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly. When I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song, it is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you, my Andrew. I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. Come prepared to stay forever. Ever. Definitely a lot more sinister when you say it. Forever. Forever. Or the way she would say it. Come prepared to stay forever. <laughs> She's not a caveman. My Andrew, I love you. Oh my gosh. So he Come comes. pay with my sweaty titty. <laughs> I'm just going to bypass that. Um, he brings his entire life savings of $2,900. Not a paltry sum not in those days. Not a paltry sum. It's about $80,000 in, in modern money. And, um... Deposits the check with Belle, and then he vanishes. And uh, the next day, Gunnis appears at the uh, savings bank, makes a 500 deposit, uh, and then deposits another 700 in the state bank. What do you know? That's weird. I wonder all that where all that money came from. Flush with cash all of a sudden. Um, so during some of this time, she had a sort of handyman, uh, Ray Lamphere. And it's hard to determine exactly what their relationship was. I've seen on and off relationship. I've seen that they were, he was, at least he was saying they were engaged. Or he was saying that she just came to his room at night, um, you know, for, for a little Norwegian hanky-panky. Um, I just picture her singing, like, Melissa Etheridge songs through the window. Of light, right? <laughs> Come to my window. I'll be home soon. No. <laughs> So, yeah, um, he was, he seemed to have, it really depends on who you believe, but she ended up having to, to fire him, um, right around the time, soon around the, around the time that Andrew was there. Um, and this became a whole big thing. They were in and out of court. She was accusing him of trespassing. She was telling people she was worried he was going to burn down her house. Oh, the foreshadowing, you know, what, what, what is this? Is she psychic? Yeah. Um, and uh, so she had him arrested multiple times. He, he would keep on coming. Uh, at one point, uh, he, he told uh, William Slater, who was a farmer in the area, Helgeline won't bother me no more. We fixed him for keeps. So that's, that's Andrew, the, yeah. the man who was last seen. And then uh, Azel comes along. Azel Helgeline, uh, Andrew's brother. And this is uh, this is where the the jig starts to be up. Mm-hmm. It's not quite up, but it's starting to unravel a little bit. He finds the letters between Andrew and Belle, and you know he uh, 
The letters, you know, begged Andrew to move to Laporte, said, you know, bring money, said keep this a secret, and that's, red flags are going all up in Mm -hmm. his head. I mean, it is like, it's just red flag after red flag. And uh, so he starts asking some questions, because he hasn't heard from Andrew in a long time. And so he says, you know, where, where'd my brother go? And Belle wrote him back. And she said, oh, he went to look for his estranged brother. He might be all the way in Norway by now. Imagine that. And so Asla's like, I think I might come and look for him, just just yeah. so you know. And this was this was the, the breaking point. Yeah. She also said to somebody else, too, oh, he went back to Norway so that he could see the new king be crowned. Yeah, she had all kinds of stories. Yeah. She, she was she not even, consistent. She didn't she even try. She didn't even care to get her story straight. Yeah, didn't even, didn't even bother. At least, like, write it down on a post-it note. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not... Say I don't know. Serial killers. To, yeah, or I don't know. I don't okay. know. He was here, and then he left, and I'm heartbroken. Right, really, that's your best defense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Clever liars give details. The cleverest don't. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so yeah, she, she does a couple of things here at this point. She goes and has a new will drawn up uh, that specifies that everything will be left to her kids, uh, which there's another one. There's there's uh, the, the two from her marriage with Mads, and then she had Philip, uh, I believe, in 1903-ish. Um, and uh, if all of her children were dead... This is specified. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole estate would go to the uh, Norwegian Children's Home of Chicago, which is a strange move of uh, philanthropy there. Very strange move of yeah. philanthropy. Um, although, you know, and she takes everything with her but the house. Uh, you know, all there is is the house. And if the house is burned down... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Spoiler alert. Here's here's this smoldering hole in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your money, children. Fill it with orphans. (laughs) So, yeah, she basically, she was telling her lawyer, she's like, I'm worried for my life, you know, with with Ray Lamphere going around. And so I just want to make sure everything's all taken care of and all set for my children in case anything happens to me. Then afterwards, she goes to the store. She buys candy, cake, and a toy train. And she tells the, the cashier... I want to give the children a treat. And then she also buys a couple gallons of kerosene. This does I, not bode well. I imagine that probably some strychnine was in there someplace, too. Probably, or she already had it on hand. Yeah. She seems like the kind of person that would have poison on hand. But that, that little line about I want to give the children a treat when she knows exactly what she's going to be doing is horrifying to me. It is absolutely horrifying. It just it it, it, it sends a chill down my spine because these children would get a treat. And then have a horrible, horrible death. I'm going to let you in on something I do that's a bit gruesome. Okay. And it's... I say that so readily, like, okay, okay. let's hear the gruesome thing you do, Scott. Anytime I hear of a woman murdering her children, I can't help it. I go right to where her Facebook page is. Wow. And I look at her Facebook page. Wow. And it is creepy. Because, like, the days leading up to it, like, the posts about her children increase. It's like, I love my kids. Oh, I can't believe I'm so lucky to have these, my children in my life and stuff like that. Almost like she's trying to convince the world and herself. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Not that not that women who kill their children don't necessarily love their children, because you know you can have like some some mental issues in there, especially with like right. postpartum and everything. Um, but but yeah, that's ooh, yeah, ooh, that's yeah. chilling. Yeah, so it's and 
I invite you. I hope you never have to. If I could snap my fingers, if I had the Infinity Gauntlet, I would snap my fingers and no child would ever be murdered by their parents again. Yeah. But the next time it happens, and I'm sorry to say it will happen, Yeah. do what I do. Look at the Facebook page and you'll see... I can almost guarantee you'll see those posts about how much they love their kids mm-hmm. leading up to that day. Wow. And it is it is disturbing. That is creepy. Yeah. Eesh. Well, if she would have been uh, on Facebook, she would have been making those posts. Yeah, she probably would have taken a picture of the, the, the toys and mm-hmm. the, the candy and everything. So, April 28th, 1908. We have the fire. Um, you seem like you were about to. Well, I was just saying, Lamb Fear's replacement, Joe Maxson, yes. he smells the smoke. And it's, he barely survives himself. Yeah. He he sells, smells smoke. He opens up the door to find just a sheet of fire mm-hmm. in front of him. And, I mean, he, he jumps out. He The man barely survives himself. And whenever they get in there, and this this also says something, they find... The bodies of the three children. And they find a headless female body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't match Belle's description. Not at all. At all. It's 5'3". Belle is somewhere between 5'10 and 6 feet. Um, over 200 pounds. Yes, over 200 pounds. And they're guessing, I mean, when you have a... a body that's been through a fire mm-hmm. there's uh, there's a lot of weight loss yeah um so it actually weighed about 73 pounds but they say that like judging by the proportions it around it about 150 yeah yeah about that so yeah we have a big difference and, and all the neighbors and friends are like the size of that no that cannot be bell it can't and be that's the thing though bell murdered this woman mm-hmm. and looked at her and went oh that looks like me yeah, so... There's this weird body dysmorph... Yeah. Like, this weird reverse thing of, like... Like, Belle thought she was smoking hot. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't she? She's got man after man yeah. after man fucking tripping over himself to get to her. So here you have this 200-pound... And I wouldn't say this about another person. I just hate her because she's a serial killer. <laughs> yes. You have this 200-pound lump of human. And... Just unattractive. She found somebody she thought looked just like her. Cut the head off. And, like, it was probably this somewhat attractive, mm-hmm. you know, 150-pound woman. And in her mind, she went, yeah, that looks like me. Or either that or she just, that was literally the closest she could come to because she was, like, used to being head and shoulders above all the other women. She was yeah. like, well, I'm not going to find another 5'8 to 6 foot 200 I've gotten woman. away with it so far. <laughs> this is the closest I've got. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's, they did actually eventually find some teeth in the rubble. And Belle's dentist said, oh, that gold plating work, that was, that was, I, I did that on, on Belle. And um, so for a little while, the coroner actually ruled that the body was Belle's. Um, and I think that ruling kind of stuck because they ended up eventually putting that body in a grave. Coroner dumbass. For Belle, yeah. yeah. Um, and what turned out was likely what happened was she had left her dentures behind with the headless body in order for that to be the identifying factor. So, um, yeah, very strange. And also you imagine her like running away from the fire, like smacking a gum. <laughs> I'm going to get away with this. <laughs> so it's kind of funny to think about. 
uh, in a really sick way. Um, yeah. So uh, Azul Helgelian, I think I pronounce his name every single way I possibly can at this point. He gets there. He goes to the farm um, with a sheriff. Um, and uh, they ask Maxon, you know, the, the new handyman. They, they say, you know, have you been, has she had you dig at all? He says, yeah, actually, she had me dig some holes to put some trash in the, in the hog pen. And that's when they dig. Um, They find a gunny sack with uh, some feet, some hands, a head. And Azul says, that's my brother, which is horrifying. I cannot even imagine, especially having already seen the, having seen the pictures. Oh, it makes it 10 times worse. Yeah. Warning you, don't look for them. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. They find dozens of these spots where there's little depressions in the earth. And that's where the recent, you know, and, and some probably not as recent uh, burials have been. And they, they, they dig and they dig. And um, this is a horribly gross uh, quote. Uh, they, they keep on pulling up these burlap sacks, torsos and hands, arms hacked from the shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly. I am not going to have toast anytime soon. Mm. Um, yeah, it was pretty gross. The the bodies, of course, they find they find Andrew Helgelian. Um, they identified him by his uh, uh, by the uh, essentially his overcoat because they Lampier is wearing his his overcoat. Yeah, yeah. And they go, okay, yeah. He he goes, and then they find Ole. They find Ole Budsberg. They find Thomas Linbo. Who had left Chicago and gone to work for a hired man as uh, for Gunnis three years earlier? They find Henry Gerholt of Scandinavia, Wisconsin. Uh, they identify him by a watch belonging to him on his body. Uh, they find Olaf Svenhirud, of course. The aforementioned Jean Mo was in there, also identified by his watch. Uh, Olaf Lindblom. They find William Minge, a coachman of New York City, who had left that city on, there's this date again, April 1st, hmm. 1904. Herman Conitzer of Chicago. Uh, Charles Edmond of New Carlisle, Indiana. George Berry of Tuscola, Illinois. Uh, Christy Hilkven of Dover, Barron County, Wisconsin, who sold his farm and came to LaPorte in 1906. Charles Nayberg, um, who lived in Philadelphia, he told friends that he was going to visit Gunnis in June 1906. Uh, he'd been working for a saloon keeper, and he took $500 with him. Uh, John H. McJunkin of Coriopolis near Pittsburgh. Oh. Yeah. Left his wife in December of 1906 <laughs> after corresponding with Bell. Oh, my gosh. Um, Olaf Jensen. Um, Henry Bisgay of Laporte. Uh, and his hired man. Edward Cannery of Pink Lake, Illinois. Bert Chase of Mishawaka, Indiana, who sold his butcher shop and told friends of a wealthy widow and that he was going to look her up. His brother received a telegram, supposedly from Aberdeen, South Dakota, claiming Bert had been killed in a train wreck. Hmm. Found His brother investigated, found out the telegram was fictitious. Uh, Thomas Peterson of Rushford, Minnesota. A gold ring. Marked SB, hmm. May 28th, 1907. No body attached to it. They couldn't figure out who it belonged to. Oh, wow. Um, a hired man named George Bradley. Um, 
T.J. Tyfland of Minneapolis, Frank Redinger, a farmer of Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, Emil Till, a Swede from Kansas City, Missouri, Lee Porter of Bartonville, Oklahoma, John E. Hunter from Duquesne, Pennsylvania. Uh, he told his daughters he was going to marry a wealthy widow in northern Indiana. Two other Pennsylvanians, George Williams of Wapawalapan and Ludwig Stoll of Mount Yeager, Abraham Phillips uh, from Burlington, West Virginia, Benjamin Carling of Chicago, Illinois, who was last seen by his wife in 1907, um, telling her that he was going to Laporte to secure an investment from a rich widow. Uh, August Gunderson, Ole Olison, of course, mm-hmm. we've heard of him, Lindner Nicholson, Andrew Anderson, Johan Sorensen, uh, another victim whose the only name that they were able to garner from him was named Hinckley, um, a daughter of Mrs. H. Witzer of Toledo, Ohio, who had attended Indiana University near Laporte, an unknown man and woman uh, that were that disappeared in September of 1906, the same night Jenny uh, Olson went missing. Gunnis claimed they were a Los Angeles professor and his wife who had taken Jenny to California. Hmm. Um, a brother of Miss Jenny Graham of Waukesha, Wisconsin. A hired man from Ohio, age 50, um, who left uh, and said that he was going to become an heir with his horse and buggy. You know, left, left uh, Ohio. And an unnamed man from Montana uh, who told people at the resort that he was living with that he was going to sell Gunnis a horse and buggy that was found at mm-hmm. the farm with other horse and buggies. Um, and this is just the bodies they found. Yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely, absolutely insane. They found Jenny that day as well. Uh, well, it was it was over several days that they were digging. Obviously, that, that many bodies you can't dig up in a day. The, the trauma alone, not to mention just the, the sheer logistics. So, so yeah, oh my gosh, it's staggering. When you, when you just hear it all, the loss of life is just absolutely unbelievable. And, and she, uh, it was uh, possibly around, around 40 um, men and children and women. Um, and uh, so they, it, it's word starts to get out. Um, they, they release the autopsy results of Andrew and it's, you know, like obviously there's been a murder. I mean, it's fairly obvious, but it, it's official now. And the news gets out and it becomes this huge spectacle. People are absolutely just coming in droves to see the murder farm, which I'm sorry. It always cracks me up when anything is like a, a structure or something mm-hmm. is preceded by murder. You know, the murder house, the, the murder room, the murder farm. I, it, it, I don't know why it gets The me, murder bodego. The murder bodego. <laughs> the murder boat. Um, so they had all the hotels fully booked to the extent that the hotels were like, okay, we don't have any rooms. We can put up a couple of makeshift beds in the hallways and, and charge you a little less. People were taking them up on that. The railroad companies were like adding trains onto their schedule. It was nuts. There were sixteen to 20,000 people that came out to see this shit. There were, it was like a fair. There were food and drink, you know, stands. They had people having picnics next to the pits on this, like, this, this was on the weekend, you know, so the police weren't out there working and, and digging. Carnivals just set yeah. up there. Come ride the grizzly murder coaster. <laughs> Carnival games, you know, like, <laughs> throw a dart at Bill Gunness. Um, so they had souvenir postcards, and that's, of, of, of the bodies. And that's real. That's that, that's not one of our funny yeah, carnival yeah. things. That's a thing. Um, it was absolutely grisly and nuts. But they didn't. Do, they didn't. 
loot the place. They, they didn't, like, you know, cause too, and so much damage that they, like, you know, ruined the integrity of the scene. So there's that, at least. That's interesting that we as humans... And I'm guilty of it, too. I've just confessed to looking up Facebook profiles of yeah. people that murder their children. But I think it's interesting that we go so far as, like, they're making postcards. That's not one of Scott's jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You I know, the fact that, that it's, the, it's so absurd. Postcards are the bodies, and I have to say, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. We're not joking. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's completely bonkers. And and here we are. We have a, we have a murder podcast, you know. Like, yeah. We're, uh, but... You know, we're not reveling in it. We're not taking like a weekend trip out to the murder farm to sit and have a picnic next to a pit in which bodies are have been dug up. Like, yeah. there's 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 levels here. There's, yeah. there's having a murder podcast, and then there's pit picnics. <laughs> so, I mean, we may be we, we 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 may not be the most respectful people on the planet when it comes to murder, but we're not pit picnic yeah. level. You know. Nothing makes a burger on the grill smell better than the wafting flesh that's decaying. And oh, the you have to imagine murder. the smell. Oh. Can you imagine? Oh. Jesus fucking Christ. It's insane. So, um, they do arrest uh, Ray Lamphere for murder and arson on May 22nd, 1908. So a little, little less than a month after the fire. Um, November of that year, he is found guilty of arson, but not of murder. Because they figured that the, I guess the, the thinking is the bodies were, they were already dead. Yeah. You know, um, beforehand. So, uh, and it's really, it's not even the details of his confession. It's whether there was a confession at all. And if so, which one? Yeah. It's really confusing trying to dig through this. Basically, a couple of possible stories she would do the thing where she would lure the suitors in, then she'd rob and kill them. She did this by, she would like drug their food or their coffee. Um, then she'd uh, take the meat cleaver and, and go at them, take the bodies to the basement, dismember them. Um, or sometimes she would just chloroform them while they were sleeping. Uh, you know, I guess, what's she in the mood for tonight? What kind of murder do I want to commit? How do I want to go about this? Um, then dump the remains in the hog pen. Um, and if she was if she was really tired, you know, sometimes you're murdering like a lot and then you're you're dismembering the bodies and everything. That's why you always take an energy drink with you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You need a rock star to be a murderer. Now, are we definitely getting sponsored by Rockstar or definitely not at this point, do you think? I probably not. Probably not, probably not. Rockstar, perfect for murder <laughs> energy. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, if she was really tired, she would just chop up the remains. She didn't feel like digging or anything. She'd just feed it to the hogs, which is... I hate that when they what, do that. Stop what, putting human remains in wells and giving them to food, or giving them to animals that will be food. Once again, this is where it crosses the line from regular evil to an almost supernatural level of evil. This exactly, weird yeah. cannibalism by proxy. Yep. Gross. Yeah. Um, so, um, the head of, of of the woman that was found in the body, the head of the woman that was found in the basement uh, after the fire, she was um, Belle's new maid. And Lampier, according to some report, says that uh, she beheaded the maid and weight tied weights to the head, tossed it in the swamp. Um, then she chloroformed the children, smothered them, put them in the basement. And she dressed the, 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 the maid's corpse in her own clothes and then 
set it on fire and never looked back, you know. Um, and she was actually, he says she was supposed to meet up with him after the fire, but she went, she, she, she was like, nah, she went the other way. Uh, <laughs> nah. No, no, we're not, we're not doing this lamp fair. Not really one for emotional attachments. Yeah. Um, so the claim is that he had counted about 42 men Douglas uh, Adams, there it is. There it is. It's it's not a happy number in this case. Um, it's not the answer to everything. Um, and uh, altogether, according to him, she probably had gotten about $250,000. About $6.3 million today. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not modern dollars. That's those day dollars. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the confessions were weird. Um there's another confession that supposedly he killed her and the children, but I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, and so there are, there, there continue to be sightings of her, not now, but, um, there were like all these, these, these friends and, and people she knew, uh, detectives, um, just all over the place, Chicago, San Francisco, New York, LA, um, Somebody in 1931 said that she was living in a Mississippi town. Uh, she had a bunch of property and lived the life of a doyen. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck a doyen is. It's like a woman who's good at things. It's a weird word. Um, like, at the top of her game. Hmm, kind of. Like killing? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, she I mean, was. That was her big thing, killing and, and defrauding insurance companies. It's it's really tough to become a millionaire in any field. And the fact that this woman became a millionaire through serial killing? Yeah. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, that's impressive in a, in a dark way. Yeah. Um, And so uh, the sheriff of the town, Sheriff Smutzer. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, 20 years. Uh, over those 20 years, he said, oh, we get about two reports a month. So still, like, the legacy, it lived on and lived on. And then in 1931... This bitch. There was an interesting little twist. This cunt Esther Carlson. That's right, I said it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> she was arrested in L.A. Uh, she had poisoned a Norwegian-American man for the money. Jesus. Sounds familiar. I think that's the M.O. of somebody I know named Belle. And there were people who said, That's Belle. That's Belle. And I looked at the pictures, and I'm going to put them up on the on the, the social media. It's, it's Belle. Belle. Yeah. And then she died before there could be a trial. Well, thank God. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad she's dead. Justice is nicer to see. but I'm, I'm, And answers are, are also good. But um, So, yeah. Um, in 1938, uh, a folk song, around about there, uh, came out. And this was from, like, a comment on one of the articles. Once again, I always find the songs in the comments on <laughs> the limericks and such. In old Indiana, not far from La Porte, there once lived a woman, a home-loving sort. Belle wanted a husband. She wanted one bad. She placed in the papers a Lonely Hearts ad. Men came to Belle Gunnis to share food and bed, not knowing that they'd soon be knocked in the head. But while they were sleeping, she'd lift the door latch. She'd kill them and plant them in her tater patch. Rhyme kind of falls apart at the end. Yeah. <laughs> the, the very end of that does not scan well. I would say... Let's see. And it's not the tater patch. It's the yeah. whole Plant them in dot, 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 tater patch. You need something three syllables. Dark grizzly tater patch. If you throw in dark grizzly, yeah. Yeah, boom, I think I go. think that's going to fit we much got it. better. We have completed the song. We, we have, have fixed it. <laughs> there we go. 
We, we like to help. Yes, we do what we can for humanity. <laughs> Fixing uh, folk songs from 1938 about serial killers, that's on the list. It's mm-hmm. one of our top priorities, really. So um, they, they buried that body next to her first husband uh, at, at Forest Park, sorry, Forest Home Cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois. They, they still, because they had ruled that it was hers even after they found out, oh, it's probably not. Um, Honestly, if... If the maid was kind of attractive, it's kind of nice that that poor guy got to sleep next to a cute woman. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. good for him. I wouldn't want to be buried next to my killer. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely horrifying. That's yeah. A, that's a terrible thought. Yeah, so you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Done good with the second marriage. The third. Third. No, it was the first husband. Well, it would be, that was his second marriage because he had a daughter from a previous marriage, didn't he? No, that was uh, Peter Gunnis. Oh, This was Mads. Mads, variable middle name, Sorensen. Okay. Well, I'm I'm a fool. I'm embarrassed (laughs) by my lack of preparation. No, there have been like at least 44 men's names said, it's no wonder you're confused. This is this, if this were a freaking Broadway musical, mm-hmm. like the cast of characters would not fit the stage as far as even just the, the murdered men. And then it's hopefully sick. later on, whenever it becomes very, very popular and off Broadway for a while, someone will do a shitty CGI version of it. Yes. Now what, the happened? what the hell happened with CGI this year being shitty all of a sudden? I have no idea. Ooh, horrible, man. Broadway musical of Belgonis. Let's do this. I think we can make this work. We absolutely can make this work. We yeah. fixed the song already. Yeah, yeah, we're we're halfway there. Yeah. So um, they did actually exhume the remains, um, and uh, it's it's a little weird. This was around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, and they they haven't been able to. It's inconclusive at this point, um, but. Uh, and they, they did say that the casket uh, did have, because they also buried the children there, um, had the body parts of two children, just not the ones that died in the fire. The which, fuck? I can't figure out how they came to that conclusion. You know, like, I, I don't know. But, uh, so yeah, there was some hope that they would find enough DNA on, like, a, a sealed envelope flap. Uh, that didn't work. So it's it's really not, uh, they haven't been able to figure out uh, what's <laughs> what's going on with that body. And that's, that's pretty much what I... What I have. It's a weird ending. Jesus. Yeah. It's it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, very strange. There's no good justice Nothing. that goes to it. And it's it's a little sad. We always we live in the world where we always hope that the bad guy gets caught and mm-hmm. and that monsters don't exist. This woman was a fucking monster. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She was she was Hell's Princess. Yeah. You know, like she got all those nicknames for good reason. And oh god, yeah, it's just it, there's no there's no good ending here. Um, I mean, it's a it's a it's a true crime podcast. Happy endings, few and far between. Yeah. Um, but but in this case, it's just everything she did was so much that you do you do kind of crave some justice. Yeah. Um, I guess just the fact that she uh, she got caught again at the very least, you know, probably if if Esther Esther Carlson was her. So there's that. I don't know. It's not a lot to go on, but yeah, it was. It's. Is just fucking disturbing. And you don't think of... And this is going to be a very sexist remark. Oh boy, preparing myself. Well, here's the thing. It's it's a good sexist remark if there is oh, such well, a thing. Oh, well, yeah, that's a thing. You don't think of women being serial killers. Yeah, it's it's it tends to be... Well, I think there are fewer of them for the first part. Um, and um, I don't know. Like, it, it's... it's 
you here's the thing you don't think of women being serial killers and on a weird racist tant tangent you don't think of black people being serial killers it's 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 uh, serial killing is very much a white man's game yes it's a white man's game chris chris rock said that you know whenever he made this joke you hear about a guy kicking his uh 83 year old grandmother down the stairs for her 33 dollar welfare check that's a black guy but if the dude pulled the guy's eyeballs out and used them to play uh, like billiards with, there's a white guy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there is that weird thing. Now, I'm not saying there aren't like serial killers of color. They just recently caught that one serial killer who is being called America's most successful ki- uh, serial killer who was black. Um, of course, you have Gunnis, who is a woman and mm-hmm. very obviously a serial killer. But it's still remains i remember i remember whenever uh there was i forget which serial killer it was i i listened to an interview and they were very close to catching the serial killer and the woman they were interviewing this woman mm-hmm. and she goes if it's a woman i'll eat a copy of my book <laughs> no now that i'm thinking about it, i think that was the dc sniper case oh okay yeah. yeah oh gosh i remember that that was terrifying uh dc sniper was one that kind of affected me personally because I remember going to a gas station in Hagerstown, Maryland, and seeing some woman hiding behind her car as she's filling up. It was very much, it was a terrifying time. Yeah. And, and just like, oh gosh, it was, it, nobody seemed safe. So, so I think we need a palate cleanser. Yes, please. I've got one for you. This mm. actually, this was the very first five minute crimey. Because uh, before we even really started the podcast, Jackson sent me this, and he was like, "If you guys ever need like a little short thing, this is this is this is something." Let's do it, Christie's five minute mystery. Yes. So this is uh, well, it's not a mystery. We know exactly what happened. Well, we won't. It's, but uh, that's nice. We won't. We <laughs> won't until we get to the end of it. That's true. That's true. See if you, the listener at home, can figure <laughs> it out. This is Clement Valendigham. And, uh... I bet he did it. He kind of did, yeah. <laughs> right on, I win. He was an Ohio politician. Um, he, uh, was an anti-war Democrat during the Civil War. Uh, he, uh, was, uh, born in 1820. He actually served two terms in the House of Representatives. Um, he ended up being exiled to the Confederacy and then also exiled to Canada. <laughs> like, kind of a weird little, like... <laughs> flopping around not canada no (laughs) he actually did run for office from canada while in exile so that's something so i don't like pancakes and maple syrup no the year i don't like really polite people free health (laughs) care how dare you it's a nightmare i can think of a lot worse places to be exiled i know i know so uh but he, he did come manage to come back to the united states i guess exiles don't really last forever apparently uh, 1871, he was uh, working as, as a lawyer uh, in uh, Lebanon, Ohio. He was 50 years old. He was representing um, a, a man named Thomas McGahan in a murder case. Um, Mr. McGahan was being accused of um, killing a man in a barroom brawl. And so Valendigham, he had this whole plan laid out where uh, what he was going to do was he was going to prove that uh, the victim, whose name was Tom Myers, shot himself accidentally during the the the, the brawl I pulled know. his pistol out of his pocket and accidentally shot himself so i know this case you know this case i know yep, this, this case. is a, this is this is a pallet guns all right so valendigham is is talking to his uh his other attorneys 
Um, they're, they're, he, he's basically showing them how he's going to go about. So he's giving a demonstration of his planned demonstration. While doing this, he, he thinks that his gun is, of course, unloaded. I mean, you, you wouldn't do it with a loaded gun. So he goes and he actually like acts out the whole thing that he thinks happened. The loaded gun snags on his clothing and he shoots himself in the stomach. If I remember correctly, he also won the case he posthumously. Won the case because him doing that proved that it was possible. Mm-hmm. So basically, <laughs> it's absolutely, oh, this is, yeah. So eventually he died, or not eventually, the next day, um, of uh, peritonitis. So many medical things I have mm-hmm. just fought with today. It is a struggle. Um, his last words kill me. He said his last words were uh, saying that he believed, always would believe in that good old Presbyterian doctrine of predestination. Man. Which, if you don't know what predestination is, it's like a religious version of fate where everything is God's will. So he's basically saying, it's not that I was stupid enough to shoot myself. It's that God wanted me to shoot myself. Have you ever thought about what you want your last words to be, Christy? I don't want to think about that, actually. I prefer really? not to. No, I don't want to think about that. See, I think I, think I want my last words to be goofy and mysterious all at the same time. Sure, go for I it. Want, I want, like, as I'm on my deathbed, I just want to pick a name of somebody I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, no, not even connected to me. And just look at somebody and go, give my mustache to Genghis. <laughs> and then die. <laughs> the fuck was Genghis? Why Why do we have to give Scott's mustache to Genghis? Now I have like a deathbed <laughs> task? What the fuck? <laughs> and oh, I, I just picture it. like you going there, don't worry about it. It's no, just... it was just, you know, it was a thing. He, you know, I can, I'll, 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 I'll send you the link I mean, to the episode. You Scott, can hear him talking about it. Scott wanted to have his tombstone just say, dig here and an arrow pointing down. So just fucking ignore it. He, he wanted to have it say, triflers need not apply. Good, good, good riddance to the goofy bastard. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. I think we're, we've about gone uh, over time. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired, too. So tired. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we are Old Timey Crimey in both places. And uh, go ahead. Please, please, we would love it if you would leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Leave us a review on Stitcher. Follow us wherever you follow podcasts. We're just about everywhere, I think. Um, I actually Googled today for a student because I, I was talking about like different microphones with a student mm-hmm. and he goes well where can i hear your podcast and i went just google it and i just thought i should just google it holy shit we're at a lot of places <laughs> yeah yeah once right you on. get once you get into the aggregators you're 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 spread out it's really nice it's, it's, it's a lot easier than i thought it was is going to be um so so yeah leave us those reviews we'd really appreciate it um and uh yeah so have a great weekend and uh from old timey crimey uh triflers need not apply damn straight all right you you best be dedicated (laughs) no trifling all right see ya